Hello and welcome back to We Are History. Angela, did you have a good break? I did have a good break, John. Yeah. I uh, what was it? It feels like so long ago now, did not it? Christmas? Christmas, the Lord, the I Lord, vaguely the, remember the Lord's it. birthday. Some bloke with a beard in my house. Oh, that's my husband. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was all right. Yeah, we went down to, uh, I, I spent Christmas Day in Canberra Sands with some friends Ooh, in a little place near the beach. Yeah, it was really nice. Splendid. Very nice. Had to stop my dog climbing into a dead seal carcass on the beach no. on Christmas morning. Happy wow. Christmas. Dead seal yeah. at Canberra Sands. Yeah, it was, uh, we weren't sure what it was. It was just this sort of mass ahead. Wow. And the dogs had run off. And of course, we just stopped Tina from climbing inside it. It was disgusting. <laughs> uh, did you like your present, Angela? I loved my present, thank you. In fact, just now, the frame I've ordered for it has just oh, great, arrived. Great. So we will have it on the wall as soon as possible. I have to ask, though, the bit of music. The bit of music, yeah. The, actually, people listening don't know what I'm talking yeah, about. So the, John, describe the present. John bought me a... Um, bought, uh, Lily, Commission. your daughter, yeah. commissioned from Lily, who... Uh, Lily O'Farrell, excellent artist, vulgar drawings. Look her up. She's brilliant. <laughs> and he commissioned her to do a picture of... Me and my husband and my dog in a sort of Soviet poster style. Cosmonaut, sort of heroic co- worker. Yeah. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, oh, good, I love good, it. Good. Um, it says something like peace and freedom or something underneath. In, oh, I couldn't Russian. work out what, that's what yeah. I was going to ask you what it yeah. said. I guessed it was something like, you something know, not, I mean, it could have just said, I hate you and I'd never know. <laughs> well, maybe. Uh, <laughs> well, don't look it up. Don't look it up what I've got. Yeah. No, <laughs> Take my word for it. It says peace and love. That's, well, that's thank- what it says, definitely. <laughs> Thank you very much for my uh, lovely bottle of whiskey. That's a very oh, generous. Oh, you're very welcome. Generous, yeah. Yours arrived before Christmas Day, which is impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Only just, I think. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. I, it was. Um, I always ask when I'm buying whiskey. Matt, my husband, is uh, the whiskey yeah. fanatic, so he said a Talisker ten year old is That's what I should fantastic. Get, so. Great. Well, thank you. Yes, you're so, very welcome. So, what are we talking about this week, Angela? On our first one back well, for series twenty seven. Exciting. So it feels like is it series twenty seven with one episode in each series. Well, this is your choice, John. Yes. You were very keen to do this one. It's got misogyny. It's got satanic panic. It's got public executions. It's... Yeah, I'm worried about how into this you are. We are doing the Scottish witch panic of the seventeenth century. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm very excited about this. Straight off, Angela, I feel I have to ask: Are you a witch? Well, I mean, how could you even say such a thing? I mean, what well, on earth would give you such an idea? Clearly, that's exactly what a witch would say. <laughs> no, I was just interested in reading about this witch, that outspoken women were in danger um, of uh, being accused of Ooh. witchcraft. Uh, women who mocked men. Women who cursed. These were all, <laughs> these were all things that would have guaranteed, Angela, that you would have been dragged along the Royal Mile... And put on a great big pyre and and strangled and burned. So that's God. I'm glad the witchfinder generals never watched Mock the Week. That's phew. Be the, be the biggest crowd you ever got in Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, burn! Burn exactly. Wow. Strangled first and burn. Before I read all about this, I somehow imagined that witch burning was sort of something from the Middle Ages or the Dark Ages. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, definitely. I think, I think yeah. that was based on nothing more than my uh, observations uh, in. Um, um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, you know, and the yeah. um, we found a witch. Can we burn her? She turned me into a newt. I got yes. better. <laughs> and then, of course, our other um, popular representation of witchcraft is the Crucible, but that is yes. the 17th century in um, North America, and that and that is sort of when we're talking about. It's the late right. 16th century, the late 1500s, the 1600s, right up to 
early 1700s is a you know a witch panic right across Europe so it's sort of that time in between post you know post reformation post renaissance before the age of enlightenment you know yeah a time where you think people were sort of starting to come out of those yeah medieval ways yes that's why i think I, I always presumed it was sort of medieval but it's not it's sort of modern. yeah, um, yeah. And across europe fifty thousand people were executed as witches which is sort of wow incredible wow. I mean, you say people but we're talking mainly we definitely are. mainly we are women. talking the ladies and yes so on in today's episode why, why did you want to talk about scotland in particular why well because well, scotland got it, it so it much worse you know it happened back you know it happened uh, um Worse in Scotland than England, you know, many, many times worse. Quite bad wow. in Germany and Denmark. But Northern Europe was uh, affected worse. It was the, um, the where the Reformation was taking place. So it's hard to say for sure why Scotland was affected uh, by this so much more than England. But, you know, Scotland had a population of about 800,000 and an estimated 4,000 people, uh, mostly women, were tortured and executed by the church That's such and the a state. huge yeah, proportion. That's... it is, yeah. And then in England, at the same time, only 500 people uh, with this much wow. larger population were believed to be executed for witchcraft. Because when we talk about it, we de I definitely thought of it as being focused in England. The, Did you? It, certainly, or, you know, out of the United Kingdom. I didn't realise that yes, Scotland not, was so much worse. Yes, yeah, no coincidence that, uh, you know, William Shakespeare opens Macbeth with three witches. You know, and he was sort of flattering James I, the new Scottish king at the time, because he was very obsessed with witch hunting and very um, zealous in his pursuit yeah. of witches, which is partly what caused it all. And we'll talk about that in a bit more in a minute. Yes. But historians of Scotland have actually comp compiled, modern historians, they've compiled a witchcraft survey. Uh, it's a database Ooh. of all the Scottish witchcraft cases. Makes a lovely coffee table book. You know, all the women who got burned. <laughs> <laughs> nice Christmas present. Oh, dear, uh, I suppose it starts with the Scottish Parliament passing the Witchcraft Act in 1563. And uh, you're writing that down, Angela, it'll be a test later. I don't, I don't know why. It's like I've started taking notes as <laughs> yeah, if I haven't I'm, got your notes in front of me. <laughs> yeah, this isn't a lecture, Angela. You can chat. <laughs> I, know, I forgot. I forgot that I wasn't at a lecture. Oh, that's you know, which my is, manner. It's just... I'm, Listening to a middle-aged white man talking, I just assume I'm at a lecture. Right, if you so... just put your phones away. <laughs> the Reformation, it hit Scotland with sort of far more religious intensity than it did in England, uh, where the Anglican Church sort of, you know, retained certain aspects of Catholicism. And the, the Presbyterian Church was far more zealous and, uh, and perhaps insecure. And um, maybe they just needed these diabolical enemies to, to persecute in order to secure their own ascendancy. Do you know yeah, I mean? to make sure the people in Scotland are following the same pattern as the Presbyterian Church, I suppose. And then, as I said, the big factor was the king himself. They were state-sponsored massacres. They came with the approval and indeed encouragement of the king. He was convinced that witches had tried to take his life and the life of his wife by whipping up storms against him at sea. So we're talking about James VI of Scotland, became James I of England. Contemporary of Queen Elizabeth until, of course, uh, he became her successor. He even wrote a book, a sort of tract, called Demonology. Book of the Week in Waterstones. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just imagining, you know, like the Queen. <laughs> writing Go, a... <laughs> yeah, yeah, writing a book about the devil and yeah. the witches. He explains the problem of witches and why women were more likely to become victims. The reason is easy. For as that sex is frailer than man is, so it is easier to be entrapped in these gross snares of the devil 
as was overwell proved by the serpent's deceiving of Eve at the beginning. He's got you when there. he makes a fair case, he does. John. He's got you there, Angela. You he know. makes a good point. As a member of the tender gender, Angela, you are more susceptible to being foolishly entrapped by a made-up demon. Do you know, like it that... happens more than you think, John, all <laughs> like the time. Like that first made-up woman by a made-up snake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's no, there's no, it's, James has got it. That's it. I mean, yeah. you can't argue with somebody quoting from what's essentially a fairy tale, exactly. can you? You can't argue with that. And and like you said, so it wasn't an accident, was it, that Shakespeare opens yeah. Macbeth with witches because he's got the new King James yeah. I. He's trying to flatter him. Yeah. Because yeah. obviously Elizabeth had been very pro the theatre and Shakespeare yeah, and all that yeah. stuff. Then James I comes in. So he flatters him with Macbeth. Yeah. And, and, and one thing I thought reading this, when it, you know, it comes from above. So whenever a country goes completely mad and starts killing its fellow citizens, it generally requires permission or encouragement from the ruling class. And, you know, we've all yeah. we all feel like murdering our neighbours sometimes, you know, especially when you see the way they park. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but we restrain ourselves, you know, because society expects certain standards. But then the government says you should be killing these people. There's no shortage. of Yeah, once once those structures are brought down, once any fear yeah. of recrimination is brought down. Yeah, so it's, it's amazing like, how quickly people can descend. Yeah, it's like so it's like Rwanda massacres or Kristallnacht or um, mm. Indonesia in 1965 or the St. Bryce's Day massacre in England in 1002. Oh, we did a podcast about that. Didn't we? Well, is that it, in our Anglo-Saxon Ethelred the Unready? Yes, yes. Yeah, so these genocides directed from above. And I think the same is true for the Scottish witch panics. State-sponsored yeah. sort of genocide, really. Oh, this is cheery, John. I'm glad you brought this to our table. <laughs> Somebody did tweet, actually. They said, um, oh, I love it on uh, We Are History. They say, um, oh, it's the uh, lighthearted podcast. Today, the Spanish Civil War. <laughs> or, yes. oh, and now on our lighthearted podcast, the Black Death. <laughs> <laughs> what is it they say? Tragedy plus time equals comedy. Yeah. So, Angela, the other thing I've read about this, and this is all very sort of academic, but Scotland was a society in transition and it's sort of becoming a modern political state. This is one of the interesting aspects that I learned reading around the subject. I should say my main source was a collection of essays edited by Julian Goodair from Edinburgh University, Scottish Witches and Witch Hunters. And this book talked about witch hunting happening at a time of state building. That's to say when society was evolving from being governed by local lairds to a central government trying to assert its authority over the whole land. In the same way, I suppose, that the Presbyterian Church had to scare yeah. people into submission, so did the yeah. state. I yeah, guess, exactly to... right. Uh, that, yeah. And so, and this was, so it was particularly in the lowlands of Scotland, uh, the Kirk the Church and the Edinburgh government were sort of keen to ex exercise their authority. And this came with a certain amount of religious zeal. And for the first time, women were being uh, prosecuted for adultery, prostitution, incest and worst of all witchcraft and and of course this was mainly a lowland problem well it wasn't wasn't as acute in the highlands where the old clan system was still in place still held sway um in the way it was ruled there so it was a rural issue towns also didn't panic in quite the same way did they although that's where they'd burn the witches but yeah but it's um, the same you know which uh, yeah people suspecting of each other being a witch happened in the countryside actually i'm not saying anything I'm not saying that, you know, those Conservative yeah. voters out there. No, you're not making any judgment about that judgment, from your house you know, in the city, are you, John? You're in Brighton, no. we'd be safe. But I'm just saying, move move, <laughs> move out to Cuckmere Haven, you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I mean, I, I sort of know the answer to this and it's depressing, but what sort of women were being accused of witchcraft? Well, actually, why? it's not as predictable as you'd think. So all sorts of women, you know, might be accused of witchcraft. Uh, they weren't exclusively women, as I say, about 15% were men. That's a higher... 
percentage than I thought, actually. 15% of them being men. Three in every 20, they said. But that is inverse contrast to all other examples of law-breaking, which was exclusively male domain. But when a married woman was charged with witchcraft, there was a sort of element where the state had had to step in because the husband had failed to control his wife, as it were. And, And... I mean, obviously, our cliched image, Halloween witch, you know, this elderly woman with a big nose lives alone, might be into some sort of herbal remedies. Lots of cats. Yeah, I'm a black cat, you know. Yeah. Or just, I suppose we think that people accused of witchcraft are just women that were a little bit odd or into that kind of, you know healing people or something yeah, or some what? sort of spiritual thing. it wasn't so much about that it was more the most the most common factor was that women who were difficult or argumentative or fell out with their neighbors over and over again over the years and so the resentments would grow in a community christ every single day john i thank the lord that i wasn't born hundreds <laughs> that's what of I'm years saying. ago you'd have been there <laughs> mate yeah so and uh, <laughs> argumentative women <laughs> i mean you know uh, you could have, you could be married and you could have children uh, you might have a certain amount of status in your community uh, in fact that was quite common because if you'd uh lent out some land to a neighboring farmer and then com- demanded the rent and cursed him for not giving it to you that would be then be reported and the resentments that built up over years um so know. it's a way as well i suppose to accuse a woman of witchcraft is a way of of sort of exercising some kind of control over her but also a way of getting your own back yeah a way of going well you've wronged me so look what i'm gonna do yeah all accounts were that it was unpopular people that got Mm. done for witchcraft so you know we would now be going yeah but she is annoying isn't she yeah (laughs) i know burning at the stake seems a bit you know, it seems a bit over the top, but, oh, God, she gets on my nerves. But, <laughs> you know, but the neighbourhood's nicer now, yeah, isn't it, it is really? Nicer. It is nicer going down the pub now. It was called scolding, was it? It was an offence to be argumentative or difficult. Yes. I mean, I just keep thinking how quickly my husband would be arrested for not being able to control me. That's all I can... And, and women were charged with this offence, yeah. and then they'd be charged of witchcraft. So they'd get charged with being argumentative and, and difficult, and then it would, particularly in the countryside that would then develop into a witchcraft charge yes but interestingly in the towns women were charged with scolding which was an offense and the statute books you know being a difficult woman and um it never evolved into witchcraft in edinburgh or sterling or whatever in these big towns but uh in the countryside one minute you were charged with scolding next minute you're charged with witchcraft no men were charged with scolding it was a purely female offence. Yeah, it's impossible to be argumentative or difficult if you're a man because that's what you're supposed to be. Exactly, Angela. Look at me agreeing with you. See, I'm just... (laughs) (laughs) So... Just showing you're not scolding, you see. You're not... It's not... You're not able to be argumentative or difficult, are you, John? Whatever you say. (laughs) (laughs) So it was that neighbour who's always annoying or angry or untrustworthy. They were the ones who would be victims uh, when the resentments build up over the years. The the fact that the women were older, it said in the book, was quite often more to do with years of accumulated resentments from the community rather than no longer fitting the archetype of the desirable young woman. I, was it, though? I'm not sure. That's what I think. I agree with you, Angela. I think, I think that not you know the women that ceased to be attractive to men created some sort of anger in men, and I think I mean, that's a factor in their persecution. We see that. You that's know. such a thing that happens yeah. now. You yeah. know, the... the the oh, abuse you let I get on go, you know, it's like it's not even that. It's yeah. like the abuse I get on Twitter because I have the audacity to be on the television without being a beautiful young 
woman. It makes men angry that I'm even there. You know, it makes men angry that you have a voice without, but they don't fancy you. They don't want to have sex with you. How can you, how can you possibly be relevant to them in any way? You know, it's, that still happens. As I say, we're going to burn you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And also just that inability to sort of see the purpose of a woman anymore. I think because um, obviously men are able to reproduce till they die and women aren't. After we hit a certain point, um, it's, well, I, I, the line I've said about this on stage is because I'm sort of perimenopausal now. And you go, so I, I spoke to a friend of mine who's going through it. And she said that people look at you, men look at you now like, I don't understand what you're for. You know, you're like a waiter in Nando's. What, what are you for? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, uh, That's a fair comparison. <laughs> yeah. Like, what was the point in you anymore if you can't be attracted to me or reproduce? Yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean, uh, um, anyway. many of the accusers were themselves women actually and that that uh, first that sounds shocking does it so many yeah. of the accusers were women but when you actually think about it if you're in danger of being accused yes you might do anything in your power to deflect that so to accuse someone else yes. or if someone's accused you you might use that as a retaliation or you know or you're just so frightened you'll absolutely. say anything absolutely i think there's like oh make it clear whose side you're on oh there's yeah. a witch over there you know that stops exactly. you. Exactly, I'm yeah. not a witch, but she is. Yeah, exactly. When it's yeah. this sort of fevered atmosphere and the ter- terror really going through the land. Yeah. Uh, but of course, the people charging women witchcraft uh, were men, and men in authority. We're talking about ministers of the Kirk, men of nobility, and it was their sort of religious zeal, I think, uh, that created the conditions in which you know these accusations were were bound to sort of emerge. Yeah, and now we're getting to. I mean, this. It, it's getting really grim now, but we are getting to the process of interrogating a witch. So you've accused someone of a witch, but how do you how do you prove someone's a witch, John? When, as we all know, it's not a thing. It's so not a how thing. do you how That's, do you prove? She said it's not a thing. She is in I burn the her. Um, so how you know you have to extract a confession and and. Yeah. That's not going to be something you're, you know, you're going to have to use means to yes, do that. Yes, exactly. That and when quick. and when there was um, uh, a terror across the land, any sort of means was seen to be justified. When the devil was riding rampant through the land, you know, mm. any means. So yeah, no Geneva Convention here, is no, there? No, absolutely. A woman who was accused of witchcraft was believed to have had sex with the devil, and part of the interrogation involved cross-examining her on what exactly she'd done with the devil. So. Uh, you know, the level of degradation and perversion in which accused woman was supposed to have sunk. So this is the bit that really clarified the whole thing for me. And maybe I see what's happening here. So what we're basically talking about is men forcing women under torture to describe various sexual acts. So it's pretty clear that these men who consider themselves to be religious and pious were getting off on this. Descriptions of sex that never happened. And yet they forced uh, the women to describe them in detail. Or they even they even prompted women, did they, to you know whatever deviant sex acts they considered most sinful, i.e. their own sexual fantasies. They yes. would prompt them to make the women describe them. Yeah. Back to do you know what this reminds me of, John? I find this so upsetting because yeah. you think, oh, this is something that happened in the 17th century and it couldn't happen today. But if you think about the Monica Lewinsky case, right, um, that we talked about in a podcast, and where you know she was interrogated by a room full of so-called good men, yeah, you know, like yeah, absolutely who were obsessed with Ken stars that was obsessed with the details of the sex acts 
above everything else and made her go through that in fine detail you know it wasn't necessary it wasn't and it they were obsessed with it and yeah. that so you think this is something from you know centuries ago but actually men in power still yeah abusing their power abusing uh, their power to yeah. elicit you know yeah, textual it's details gross. yeah it's, it's gross so but this gross. this is why this this is the penny sort of dropped for me of, of how this uh, how there's such an appetite for this so for these deeply repressed men yeah. to be uh demanding more details of obscene sex for women to recite and mm. don't forget the women were also stripped while the men searched for the devil's mark so this would be on the flesh of the accused a spot where the devil had attacked her and touched her and which now felt no pain and this apparently could be tested by pricking the skin and uh, which the men you know the men did to the women all over their bodies and which of course was another form of torture well, so these torture, women were it's just tortured. torture is it yeah. to pay, you go looking for the place where there's no pain and also if you prick somebody with a pin for long enough eventually they're not going to feel it anymore eventually you are going to numb you yeah. know to pay that's how the that's how pain management in the brain works right it self anesthetizes so at some point they're going to prick her and it's not going to hurt and then they've got their evidence yeah they deprive them of sleep put them under incredible pain yeah. and of course then the women would confess to witches and would yeah. confess to having sex with the devil and confess to whatever they're accused of yeah uh, you whether that be making someone in the community ill making their cattle die whatever they were accused of you'd do anything wouldn't you to stop that happening to you you're being sexually and physically tortured yeah exactly and you know and this is a time when uh they didn't know why cattle suddenly died or why uh, babies suddenly died or where the crops failed. We, we have science now that explains these things. But when there was a tragedy, there, was, there would be a search for meaning. Yeah. Uh, or if there's a great misfortune, this must have been caused by something. So it's much easier to point the finger at a vulnerable individual. But you they also, though, John, you think it is easier to point the finger at a vulnerable individual, but they've also got the devil as a scapegoat. So there's something else going on that makes them go, that's not enough. Right. It, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That it's, it's, well, I suppose they actually, want to do something. we can also, by making these women associated with the devil, then we get to punish them. Yes. I don't think it was, that, you know, I don't think they ever genuinely believed that it was the women that, I think do you know they what did. I mean? It's the I devil think they did working... believe it. I think they did believe it in some level. Right. I think they were, I think oh, they yeah, were, I, I think they were um, <laughs> persuaded themselves that mm. these women, for all the reasons we're saying, all this misogyny and the perversion uh, and the uh, lust for power that they had, the sexual power, but they persuade, I think in the same way that I think that, you know, Trump believes that the election was rigged. I think these people deceive themselves so much. Yeah, they start of, to believe it. They believe their own fantasies, you know. Yeah. So obviously while torturing these women, they would ask them, who else were witches? Well, exactly. you know. Yeah, yeah. And of course, they... They might just name whoever comes into their heads. You would, yeah. wouldn't you, if you were being tortured? Yeah. Or just give an answer that you think they want to hear. If you yes. know they already think so and so down the road is a Morag. is a witch. We're Scotland. Morag. Morag, yeah. All right. <laughs> then why wouldn't you know, you would say whatever Yeah. And it just that then the whole thing just spreads then, doesn't it? Because The woman that... from the Scottish Widows advert. She's always in black. <laughs> it's her it's got to be her yeah and, and, and in the environment onlookers and witnesses would be you know more than ready to claim that they'd witnessed witchcraft and the accused or suffered its consequences so one woman mm. described how her oxen had talked which uh yeah she said yes. it happened I, I, I you should always believe women when they you know they say these things and um John. 
And uh, another how she had heard the woman curse and call the name of the devil, which then had the effect of making her fall ill. And of course, there were people who believed themselves to be witches. Um, and they might have been people with mental illness or they might have claimed to be witches to scare people to exercise some sort of power over them. Um, well, if if you've been brainwashed that, that witches are a thing and that, you know, these powers happen through them, if, if your cattle die or something bad happens in your own life, you might start considering, oh, maybe the devil's working through me. Because yeah. you've been told that can happen. Yeah. I mean, or, or there might be, you know, there are people who believe themselves to be witches in the same way that people today believe they were abducted by aliens. Mm. Um, somebody might have suffered sleep paralysis or sleepwalking and fear that they might be possessed. Things for yeah. today, which we have an explanation, would have been thought of to be the result of magic and the work of witches. Oh, should we take a break there, oh, Let's take a break there and uh, take off that pointy hat now, Angela. I'm yeah. making me uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, we'll have a bit of Eye of Newt and Toe of Frog and be back after this word from our sponsors. Welcome back to We Are History. We are talking about uh, witches in Scotland, alleged witches in, in Scotland, Scotland, John. The Scottish witch panic of the 17th century. Imagine, yes. Angela, imagine dressing up for Halloween party in 17th century Scotland. You'd, you'd, be, care you'd be a bit careful, wouldn't you? Yeah, no pointy hat or broomstick you wouldn't want, would you? <laughs> bloke at the party shop going, I've got a devil costume, you know, and you'd be like, no, oh, you're all right. No, I'm, good. I'm good, thanks. No, I, I'm just going to grab you. a bit less demony. <laughs> I'll go as an office manager, maybe. <laughs> You've got an accountant costume. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. So let's go back to the beginning of yeah. this panic. How did yeah. it all properly get well, started? The first major witchcraft persecution in Scotland was the North Berwick Witch Trials of 1590, which began, it was a sensational case and involved the royal houses of Denmark and Scotland. Wow. James VI sailed to Copenhagen to marry Princess Anne. Not that one. Princess that Anne, one. the sister of the King of Denmark. She's not that old. <laughs> no. And during their return to Scotland, they experienced terrible storms and had to shelter in Norway for several weeks before continuing. And at this point, there was interest in the witch trials in Denmark because of uh, what's happening in Germany. The Admiral of the Danish fleet blamed the storm on the wife of an official in Copenhagen, whom he had insulted. And Danish witch trials began and all the accused all confessed that they'd been guilty of sorcery in raising storm that menaced Queen Anne's voyage. There's a uh, few things spring to mind here, John, yeah. at this point. Right? One is they're travelling from Denmark to Scotland. And the weather was I'd bad. say that's a pretty <laughs> stormy sort of place to try you know generally speaking I, it's, yeah, it's not it, known it, for its fine it's not tall sailing bay. weather is it no <laughs> and also there's real um echoes here of the sort of a few years ago that you know how gay people caused were causing storms yeah um, oh, in america you know there, yeah that that oh, oh that's been said it wasn't it um oh what's his name the old ukip bloke godfrey oh yeah yeah oh let's not didn't he say i mean you know yeah but there's still this idea, isn't there, that, that, that by God doing things that are immoral, yeah. Yeah. but God weirdly punishes random innocent people. I know, with, I know. You yeah. know, yeah. huge weather events. But that's it. it yeah. That's a thing that still persists, an but, idea that still persists. So King James heard the news from Denmark regarding this, and he decided, mm. oh, I'm going to set up my own tribunal. So very soon, uh, more than a hundred suspected witches in North Berwick were arrested. Many confessed under torture to having met with the devil in the church at night and devoted themselves to doing evil, including poisoning the king and other members of his household and attempting to sink the king's ship. 
They're on trial for things that haven't even happened, that just could potentially have happened in the future. But it was a national scandal. So the, the two significant accused persons, Agnes Sampson, a respected and elderly woman from Humby, and Dr John Fian, a schoolmaster and scholar in Preston Pans, both refused to confess, were put to severe torture. And um, Sampson was actually brought before King James and some nobles, and she denied all the charges. But then she was tortured, and then she confessed. So oh, it does well, work. It does work, Angela. Yeah, funny, it does. It is effective. Uh, Dr Fian had his fingernails forcibly extracted. Oh. He had iron pins thrust therein. The pillywinks, the boot, these were sort of spiky. What's the pillywinks? The pillywinks. Do you know what? I should have looked that up. But anyway... The pillywinks were used. That doesn't sound fun. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't, no. But he was uh, finally taken to Castle Hill in Edinburgh and burned at the stake. So imagine this as a sort of Jacobean 9-11. And think about what 9-11 went on to justify. Guantanamo Bay, suspension of justice, uh, torture, imprisonment without trial. And then witchcraft, they believed that the devil was doing all these things. So after that, anything was pretty well justified. Yeah, if there's a threat to society as a whole, yeah. you can do what you like. yeah. And a different justice applies, you know. Yeah, that's really, yeah. And, and like you say, it still happens that yeah. torture is not legal, but you can turn a blind eye if you think there's some sort of yeah, almost utilitarian purpose, isn't it, for the greater good? Yes, or... exactly right. So that's what they yeah. thought at the time. Another famous witch case was that of uh, Isabel Gaudi. She actually, I think, really did believe she was a witch. Um, she was take, She was probably a mentally ill attention seeker. And uh, she was arrested in, this is a lot later, 1662, taken to the Kirk at Aldean for interrogation. No torture necessary, as she openly told elaborate stories of witchcraft. Poor woman. Imagine, you know, it's not enough that you're obviously suffering mental delusions. So there's a book called Scottish Witches by Lily Seafield, and she says that most experts uh, are willing to accept that Gowdy did believe herself to be a practising witch. And there were others who shared her beliefs and with her took part in activities that were intentionally maleficent. Um, and, and, you know, they, Gaudi and her fellow witches believed that their magic was effective. She confessed to having sex with the devil, turning horses into straw, meeting with the queen of fairyland, stealing milk from cattle and plotting to harm children using wax I, images. Sorry, Joe. I, I mean, the stealing milk just doesn't... Like, let her off that one. It seems a bit, you know, you know dancing with the devil, killing people, stealing milk. We've all done yeah. it off the doorstep in a hangover in the morning. Yeah, you know, I mean. On the way home from a club, you know, she, pint of milk She's there. using voodoo dolls to harm children. I think stealing milk's the least of your worries. <laughs> should, we, should we disregard the milk stealing? So she and named... also when it says turning horses into straw, that's, your horse has just gone. It's just gone, sod this, I'm off. The like, straw was in the stable anyway, mate. Yeah, exactly. She named the 13 members of her coven and revealed their witch names, including um, Pickle Nearest the Wind, who was actually Margaret Wilson. Pickle, sorry, sorry. You said that as if that's just Pickle Nearest the Wind. What's your witch I mean, name? it doesn't sound very devilly, does it? It's not. It doesn't inspire fear or kind of it's, wrong evildoing. Pickle Nearest She's the Wind. She's the Pickle like, Nearest the, the wind. wind. That's like... <laughs> what do you mean, like the those eggs in a jar on the on the yeah. cupboard <laughs> what does counter? It mean? Yeah, what do you say? Oh, pickled eggs, right? Pickled eggs. <laughs> yeah, she uh, she talked about using elf arrows to kill. Now, what's your elf, elf arrows. arrows? Elf arrows. Are they arrows made by little elves? No, they were. Oh, uh, you know, ancient arrowheads that were dug up by ploughing fields that came from Neolithic people, um, sort of Stone Age, Bronze Age arrowheads that were found in fields and they were like right. archaeological artifacts 
But they, right. of course, attributed them to magic. They're the, they're so the they thought, the oh, they were from elves. Yeah, like, yeah. Instead past, of from, from wow. the history time. Um, she revealed spells for changing into a cat, which is handy. Spoiling crops. If, if John. Yeah. If you had the ability to change yourself into a cat mm-hmm. and you're on trial for witchcraft. <laughs> Go on then. At the point, just as you're about to be burned, would you not then change yourself into a cat and get out of there? Well, this would you not do that? You, 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 you jest. But there was a real problem with security when they imprisoned a witch because they were capable of flying. <laughs> so you put them in a courtyard of the prison. Well, don't, that's no good. She's going to turn herself into a flying cat. Yeah, we're going to have to do more. They put her in the cellar. Security might be turned into a toad. Nobody wanted to guard them. So it was really expensive. Yeah. Always. Anyway, Gaudi revealed spells that involved uh, a bag filled with toad guts, nail clippings and a hare's liver. Sounds like going to Heston Blumenthal's place. <laughs> <laughs> hare's liver, not easy to get, I would have thought. You know, no, first, first hare's your liver. Hair. Yeah. So um, more than 40 people were incriminated um, and they think she was burned at Nairn. No record of execution, but that's not unusual, apparently. Um, that's pretty 90% standard, of the eh? cases, Yeah, the records are missing. But as I was saying, flying was associated with witches, and though not on broomsticks. Um, they would ride a cat. Can you imagine going, Oi, Moggy, Sorry, just they stand were... still. <laughs> right, I'm just going to ride you, You can't you, get a cat to do anything. I know, let alone, I'm going to just uh, just sit on your back, cat, and you're going to yeah, fly just, across Scotland. going to pop Scotland. this saddle on you. Don't, don't move. <laughs> good, good luck with that. All right. Um, riding on a piece of straw or a piece of birchwood or hawthorn, or they would just levitate themselves. Wow. Um, wow. So I saw a production of The Crucible, Angela, at, uh, which, of course, a play that you've been in yourself, I remember. Let's not talk podcast. about that, John. <laughs> The Barbadian servant girl. No, let's not talk about that. <laughs> but it, it opened. Was, it was different it was, times, John. It was, different a, times. It, was, <laughs> it, it was on in the in, in New York uh, with uh, Saoirse Ronan, and it oh. opened with the girls floating in this uh, across the stage, which was a really clever theatrical trick. But I just went to Jackie at halftime. It's called the interval, isn't it? At the interval, yeah. I said, "That says they're witches." Like, don't have them yeah, floating. They just, can't, if they can float, then there's something going witches. on. The whole point. <laughs> they're not witches. That's the whole point Arthur Miller's making. Anyway, they yeah. didn't fly around on broomsticks. Very disappointing, really. Yeah. So once you've found your witch guilty, you've yes. got a bank to rights. Yes. What? What? I'm, I'm scared to ask, John. Well, they were, what, guess what? They were publicly executed in well, prominent yes. open places. I'm, I'm sorry, John. I have, I have to tell the listeners... I've got your notes in front of me and you have written that they were pubically executed. <laughs> you know what? I dictated all this. When I was writing my notes for this, this hasn't happened to me in ages. I lost the entire file after, you know, making all my notes. Oh, no. And so I did. I thought, oh, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to dictate this onto my phone and uh, from memory and send it across. So while I was doing my notes, a mystery piece of magic occurred. <laughs> and they, they disappeared. So there's a witch and the devil working. So that's why it says pubically executed. <laughs> I like then that whatever software you used assumed you were more likely to use the word pubically than publicly. It's, it's just what I type more often. It's just, it's just what memory memorizes that. It's like that Tory MP who said, why has this BBC website got Asian uh, girls? On oh, it? yeah. Because, no, that's based on your previous searches, mate. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So yes, they were they they were burned uh, in open places where a crowd could gather. There's accounts of barriers being required to hold back the mob and fences being broken by the crush of the mob. And these were at set times. There was like Wednesday afternoon between two and four. That's your regular witch burning time. 
and they would be a procession along the street uh, and then a big spectacle in the afternoon, you know, in the middle of the afternoon. Yeah. If we'd recorded this podcast 10 years ago, yeah. which we wouldn't have done, John, because we wouldn't have known how. But if we'd recorded it 10 years ago and I would have thought, oh, gosh, that could never happen today. But with the way the world's been in the last five, six well, years, you can totally see how a sort of that mob feeling like well like you said before about how you know if the ruling classes allow it then yeah well that's what's, you know, how the easily pu- things descend and i could you know if you think about the iranian revolution element of society or, that would happily yeah well you think about afghanistan you know, go to or public iran execution. yeah yeah this, this is happening in the world now in africa there's oh uh, yeah i know i know yeah. but you know i'm talking about here yeah sure where we feel like we've been through you this. know we've progressed and we've yeah. gone through this but you, you know there's a regression that we're in we seem to be in the middle of it at the minute, and uh, you know uh, yeah, it doesn't no. seem as uh, uh, as as unlikely now well, as yes. it did. Yes. So weirdly, the witches were allowed to make a statement before they died. Um, mm. I'm surprised they were allowed this, but they many took the yeah. opportunity to withdraw their confession, plead their own innocence, or, and plead the innocence of the women they had named as witches. Many of them felt really bad about. Well, this. they probably, and also if they were religious, you know, they probably felt that the fact that they'd you know if they're about to die the fact they named innocent women or whatever might not do them so well in the next life they weren't burnt alive they were strangled before they were burned so by means of a a garrote so a wire or a rope around the neck attached to a stick that was turned from behind their heads and then their body would be burned and the smoke would be visible for what miles around that would be like a warning to the whole uh, community and then it's very important that the none of the body you know, remained. This was, you know, because they were uh, in league with the devil. Bits of bone might be on the ashes and these would be dug into the ground or scattered. The body had to be disappeared. It was the greatest ignominy to have no burial and no body that could possibly ascend from heaven on the day of judgment, which isn't a thing. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, and apart from the else, uh, it was incredibly, the whole thing was incredibly expensive. That was quite an interesting aspect. Well, yeah, you had about. to employ all these lawyers you had to provide the like you say imprisonment for these women who could fly out of there at any given moment turn themselves into a cat turn themselves into a cat (laughs) and and then after after all this expense you've got to buy all the peat and coal to burn them i know and this was expensive and um but it was a price worth paying they thought so the society was you know enduring this cost they'd ransack the home of the accused witches and help themselves to stuff i bet they did these are not rich people generally you know you wouldn't get much on ebay for you should belong to a witch you're not gonna (laughs) Yeah, one, yeah. Are you? So the trials, we've got some statistics here. The trials had an 87% success rate. Very impressive. Well, well done to those You're used torturers. to the word success there, I'd question, but yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, well done to get so many confessions. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, there's also examples, aren't there, of husbands being forced to pay for the burning of their wives. Yeah, that's I mean, it's just. Yeah, and in uh, one case, so John, John Dawson in 1643 was forced to pay for the burning of his mother. I mean, Jesus that's pretty tough, Christ. isn't it? You wouldn't really get over that quickly. So these yeah. panicked, ebbed and flowed uh, throughout the 17th century. But after the union with England in 1707, the Scottish Privy Council was abolished. And it was this body that had authorised the executions. Right. That role was now taken over by the monarch's advocate. And so the last witch executed in Scotland was Janet Horne in 1727 in Doornock. It's, not it's still 20 ago. years on. Yeah, it's, still, it's not that long ago, 1727. No. Um, she was senile. Her daughter had deformed feet and hands and neighbours accused Horn of shooing her daughter like a horse and riding oh, on her to Jesus meet the devil. Which Christ. we don't know whether it happened or not. 
Oh, uh, John, it's just this poor woman I has know. got a disabled daughter. I know. And, and therefore and they must both be witches. With Again, it's this sort of madness of um, total belief in a religion. Yeah. Both mother and daughter are sentenced to death. The daughter escaped, but Horn was stripped naked, smeared in tar, paraded through the town in a barrel and set alight. It's pretty Jeez. grim, It's isn't a it? strip naked as well. You just go... Yeah. You know why? Why is there a need for that? If 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 it was a, if they genuinely believed it was a thing and that they were guilty, you just yeah kill. You know why this? It's the it's the whole ritual stuff attached to it. Yeah, I know the it's sort so of uh, the performative nature of it actually. Yeah, um, and the sort of the the the, the sort of thrill of the mob in believing yeah. that they caught uh, a, a, an agent of the devil. The Witchcraft Act of seventeen thirty five. Uh, uh, repealed the old witchcraft laws and it was a complete reversal of attitudes. Witchcraft was now considered to be an impossible crime. Which it is. Which it is. And now the offence <laughs> was uh, for the pretense of witchcraft. So now they were prosecuted as con artists or vagrants and they were subject to fines rather than death. Right, so if you had somebody who... Because there probably were people, weren't there, who yeah, were sort saying, of claiming I'll put a spell on you, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Wow. And today, this is quite interesting, I think. And today, because there's a campaign in Scotland now to pardon all the women that were prosecuted for witchcraft at this time, isn't there? And acknowledge that that terrible miscarriage of justice was done. Because like you say, we think about it being the Dark Ages, but it wasn't. It was a no. couple of hundred years ago. Yeah, it's amazing, really. Um, um, yeah, SNP, MSP Natalie Don is planning to put forward a private member's bill in the Scottish Parliament to win a pardon for people convicted under the Witchcraft Act. And she's got the support of her SNP colleagues, meaning the bill would only require the votes of a small number of opposition MSPs to become law. Um, She said it's essentially admitting that this wasn't a criminal act and that these people shouldn't go down in history as criminals, she said, and they should be given a posthumous posthumous pardon. Now, the reason this is important, Angela, Mm. I think, is because it's still going on around the world. Yeah, there There are, aren't there, in certain parts of Africa, I know there's a huge problem with... with Uh, supposed witchcraft and witch trials. So to make these statements in Scotland and say this was a terrible error of judgment and these people were innocent sends a message. So um, the Scottish campaign is backed by Nigerian human rights uh, activist Leo Igwe, who campaigns against modern day witch hunts in Africa. And he said what happened in Scotland hundreds of years ago is happening now in many parts of Africa. People accused of witchcraft when there are misfortunes in their families, sudden deaths, accidents and other tragic, unfortunate experiences, such as loss of a child, divorce and marital difficulties. So he said the campaign Scotland sent a message to the people who are doing that right now, as well as giving hope to the accused. So it's important. Send a message to our politicians. Yeah, it's enabling not just a meaningless sort of gesture yeah. with no context. No, it sends a message and, um, you know, uh, mm. to the politicians enabling the persecution of witches through their actions or inaction, he said. So, good luck to everyone in that campaign. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so that's, is this the first podcast we've done about, like, focused on Scottish history? If we, Sorry, if Scotland. Is, yeah, to, to be fair, though, Scotland, you did burn a lot of witches. You did burn a lot of witches. Um, no, but, it's, but it's fascinating, but it's very upsetting and, yeah. um, and, yeah. and obviously very grim. And, and that the, there's echoes of it. I think you think of it as being such a ridiculous farcical thing of the past but we've seen we see so many echoes of it now that yeah you see uh, right. uh people uh convincing themselves of things that couldn't possibly be true and yeah. um you know and just uh, the way women are you know still seen women, as being you know that if they're not 
if they're they misbehave then they're out of control or yeah. that they're not relevant or that you know they're there purely for the titillation and and pleasure of men and if they step outside the boundaries of that remit then they're somehow yeah troublesome so i would say the what you were saying the, the way you were described you know describing men on twitter being angry at you uh, is, is the same basic sort of visceral uh, instinct that those men have was the same for the men who are accusing women of witchcraft back in Scotland 1650. Do you know what I mean? It's a, it's, yeah. it's still there, as you say. It hasn't gone away. Yeah. Thank God we have rules. Now yeah. And, and we for don't the time believe being. in the devil. But so that's another cheery podcast from We yes. Are History. Like a tweeter said, we always try and make some, find some lightweight subjects. And the, uh, the, the massacre of thousands of Scottish women was our subject. Um, and, uh, yeah, good luck to those campaigners. Um, Absolutely. Thanks Absolutely. for your suggestions, uh, everyone. Uh, next week we're going to do. Next week we're going to do one. We're going to do one that people have suggested. So uh, yes, we are. We are. It's exciting. So we'll, we'll try and give you a name check. I'll look you up on Twitter. And, <laughs> like, yeah, a yeah. Do that because we're really bad for that. Yeah. But do tweet us. Um, it's at We Are History Pod, uh, not at We Are History, which is the band that John keeps tagging into tweets by accident. Uh, at We Are History Pod. <laughs> oh, you're a difficult and... woman. <laughs> <laughs> you poor thing <laughs> and uh, uh, if you could give us a five star review on yeah, the old it's embarrassing. Uh, it's embarrassing Apple to iTunes beg. app it, it would um, it just helps yeah. helps the algorithm the it helps the magic and the witchcraft the, of the, yeah exactly of the, the witchcraft of the, of the which is the Apple algorithm um, we'll see you next week guys we will indeed take care bye, bye.